It's time to become a member of Playvolution HQ and Exploration's Early Learning. There's a free option and three paid patron-level options. All come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron. That supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more. All the cool listeners are doing it. On with the show. I am great. It's summer. I feel like I always have to give a weather update, an Australian weather update, um, especially because I can see how cold it looks where you are. And it's not that here. It's hot, (laughs) like really hot. (laughs) Well, it's the first day of summer for you as we're recording this, isn't it? No, we're a couple of weeks in. We're the 1st of December is our official first day of summer. But it feels like it's actually the first day of summer because we've had a pretty lousy summer so far. So you know, holidays of warm weather. I saw something in the news the other day that I'm sure all Australia is still celebrating about. Um, what was it? Looking at me like you, you, you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, but you must know a uh, a dude, uh, Neville Sharp from Darwin. Oh gosh, <laughs> if it's a Darwin story, it's probably an absolute ripper. No, you know, this, this is great. Uh, Neville Sharp broke the world's record for the loudest belch. Oh, that is impressive. At uh, 112 decibels, about, the, about as loud as a uh, power drill going at, uh, going at full blast. So That's nice. Yeah, he, he looks like a dude that would break a belching record that. too. Yeah, kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. He, he now, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go and look up that story. You're going to have to check it out. To make- if it's enough to make news over there, then I just don't know why I'm not across it here. Oh, I've heard, I've seen it on the news. I've heard it in podcasts <laughs> and listened to. He's a he's a champ, and he looks exactly like a, a Darwin dude too. Darwin um, dude, so, ready so to con- belch. So congratulations to Australia for that. So Nicole, you got the a proud moment. <laughs> it's a proud moment for the whole country. I can tell. We've got a lot to be proud of, and that's really the top of the list. <laughs> well, in these trying times, it's good to have something to celebrate. It is, yeah, shining so, light. You got a topic for us. What are we going to talk about? I do. So a few weeks ago, um, I went to visit a early childhood service here in Newcastle, and I was there taking photographs. Um, just that's just one of those things that I do: taking photos of children playing, which was kind of cool. You had um, permission, so I spent a right? couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm you... allowed. I'm not. I'm not a creeper in the bushes. Okay. I'm okay. okay. Just to make sure. um, I'm allowed. 
Um, and it's funny, it always, I always have some really interesting conversations. This is an aside, but I have some really interesting conversations with the children about why I'm there and why I have my camera. They all want to have a look at the camera because I use a, a digital SLR. So it's, you know, quite a large camera and, you know, large lenses. And so they want to see how it works. And then they realize that the back's a touch screen. So they all want to swipe through that and look at their photos and all of that sort of stuff. So it's often a really interesting visit. But this one in particular was really interesting. I was in uh, the outdoor space at a preschool room. So the children were kind of three to five and a half, that sort of age bracket. And this little girl just kind of hung out with me. You know how you get those children who seem to gravitate to the adult in the space and it doesn't matter if it's a new adult or, you know, when they already know and you get the sense that they spend a lot of time with the educators. And so she gravitated towards me and she spent quite a bit of time with me and then I was sitting taking some photos and she came over and she said, oh, we have cicadas. Do you get cicadas? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. And I'm like, I don't know if that's like a totally Australian thing, but um, so she said, we have cicadas. There's like tiny little cicada shells. And I said, oh, okay. I said, I haven't seen any yet this summer and I haven't heard the cicadas yet. She said, no, we have them. They're in the garden. So she went over and she bought me a couple of shells over and she's showing me and we're having this chat about it. And then she heads off a little bit later and a few more children go over and they're finding these cicadas. And then she comes back and she says to me, I think I'll collect some cicadas for, I can't even remember the child's name, but say it's Fred. I'll collect some cicadas for Fred. I said, oh, that's really kind. And she said, he loves to crush them. I said, oh. And she said, yeah, he loves crushing the cicada shells. She said, you know, he gets them in a little bowl and he smashes them. And she said, he just loves it. I said, oh, okay. And she said, and I think, if I bring him some cicada shells to crush, he's going to think, isn't that kind? I think I should be friends with her. And I was like, oh, that's just the best. And so I came back. She did take him some cicada shells and he did indeed crush, crush those cicada shells. And I came back to the office and I said to Tash about it the next day. I said, oh, I said, you know, I replayed the whole conversation with her and I said, it just amazes me sometimes how children make friends and how different that is to adults and I said you know we have and I know you've talked about it before and I've talked about it in training and stuff before we have this idea that just because a whole bunch of children are around about the same age and we plot them in an environment together that they, they should be friends you know they sure. should just play together and be friends and you know there's often that misconception that it's either easy for children to make friends or that they will just kind of you know adapt and you have to be friends or you know we're all friends here that kind of thing but I said it's interesting to see some of the strategies that children use to make friends. And I think, you know, as adults, I find that interesting because we often lose some of those strategies, I think, when we become adults. And I, I talking to most grown-ups that I know, it's not easy to always make friends. Like there are some people that find it much easier, but I can't imagine approaching someone with a handful of cicada shells and saying, here's my gift to you. Let's be friends. You, you can't really. Because can't. If, if you handed me a handful of, of uh, cicada shells, um, I would I would be your friend forever. Friends for life. <laughs> Friends for life. Here's a handful of cicada shells. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I first I love that, and 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 those exo those those hard little exo crushable but hard little exoskeletons um, are sound like amazing loose parts. Yes. Uh, oh, just, and they were. I mean, 
I don't know if children over there do it, but children here tend to wear them like as brooches. So they'll put, especially the bigger ones, these ones were really tiny. They were probably uh, like maybe half an inch, I suppose. So they were fairly small, but some of the ones that we get throughout the middle of summer could be like two inches long. So they're fairly big and they make a really great brooch because you can hang them like the clawy sort of bits, even though they're dead empty shell, they cling yeah. onto your clothes. And so it's like a thing that you can attach but yeah like they're velcro. a very cool loose part yeah they are they stick on like velcro so they're a very cool loose part i think that's great um the friend thing first listeners if you want to be friends with me um send me cicada shells i mean <laughs> I'll, I'll be your friend um yeah i mean kids have i don't even look i couldn't even define what friends is now i mean I don't know if I have any friends. I have lots of acquaintances. I don't know. (laughs) You sound like me. I say that all the time. I'm like, I don't really have friends. I don't do friends. (laughs) I mean, I, and I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that um, as if it's something I want. I, I, I have all the human contact I need. Um, It's just different. Yeah. And, and thinking back at school, the process of making friends, I don't, I don't know if I had any strategies. Uh, my best, longest friendship growing up as a kid was with a kid who grew up across the street from me. And we were it's friends. convenient. Yeah, we were friends because it was convenient and uh, we were the same age and we we went off to kindergarten together and we were friends pretty much all through high school. And now I see him uh, every six to 18 months. And we spend eight and a half minutes catching up on, on the last. <laughs> and then that's it. We're done. Six months to eighteen. Yeah, six to eighteen months, and and then and then we're good. Um, and we we talk about hey, maybe we should get together and have have a beer or something sometime. But you know, we're both busy and doing our own things, and eh, it just seems like too much work. And I guess since we're both of that same mind, it makes it a a a pretty good friendship. I guess. <laughs> Were you, were you I, have, I have a friend that's much the same though we we met in kindergarten so we were like five and we're still friends now and but we can go she lives in Sydney so she's a couple of hours away from me we can go well at the moment we've gone a year without seeing each other because of COVID lockdowns um, but usually we can go a couple of months and not see each other and every now and then we'll send a random text message or just jump on the phone and say hey what's going on but we've got that understanding that we're both busy with our own kids and work and whatever, that we just pick up the conversation like we just ended it. So it's that kind of fluid friendship. But other than that, I'm not a person that has, you know, big groups of friends. But I think what you said about acquaintances too is like you kind of have friends for different purposes, you know, it's like or acquaintances for different purposes. You know, there's people that are in a work capacity and so that's how you kind of come to know them and most of your interactions might be around, you know, your field of work or whatever, but then you might have people who have become, you know, acquaintances because, you know, you've had kids the same age or, you know, all those sorts of things. So I've kind of got those little groups of acquaintances, but I find it interesting as an adult if I'm, say, at... it's one of the things when your kids are little, you tend to go to a lot of birthday parties. And I find myself at these birthday parties thinking, I feel like I have to make friends again. Like I've got to kind of introduce myself. What do you do? And you know, what sort of things do you like? It's kind of like saying, well, games would you like to play? You know, it's that same kind of thing. But I think kids are so much better at it. 
And well, I don't know why. I don't know if it's that we get really nervous about it. Is it a diluted down version of dating, trying to make friends as an adult? It's I think like, it probably you- is. Yeah, it probably is. And maybe, and look, somebody's probably already invented it. It probably exists, but I don't look because I'm an introvert who doesn't need any more friends. But maybe there needs to be like friend dating apps to actually make friends. <laughs> Kids don't need that though. Although, funnily enough, I have noticed in the last kind of, well, since my kids have been school age, when I was a kid, you, if you wanted to go to a friend's house after school, you'd say, can I go to, you know, Sally's house after school? And mums would go, yeah, cool, whatever. Now it's all really organised by the adults rather Mm -hmm. than by the children. I think there's a lot of contrived friendship between adults wanting their children to be friends or to hang out and there's lots of organization and you know let's have a play date and let's do this and let's do that rather than just oh we were just kind of out playing in the street and started hanging out together I think that's changed yeah yeah back in the day we had I mean my parents couldn't give a fuck about who no. my friends were. I it's mean, like, see you later. <laughs> they, had, they had adult stuff going on. And yeah. it, it wasn't like I was totally abandoned in a, a wild um, child roaming the streets. Mostly. A little bit. Um, I mean, they cared about me, but my friendships were mostly my business. And every yeah. once in a while, there were maybe conflicts or disagreements that there was maybe some parental involvement in. But the day-to-day, when we hung out, what we did... That was pretty much our stuff. Yeah. And, and course- it kind of goes, like it links in even with the stuff that like Peter Gray talks about, and you know, the older children taking care of the younger children and that kind of stuff where that doesn't even really happen much anymore because children are playing well inside or they're playing in an organised capacity, not just roaming the streets, we'll see you at dinner time kind of deal, you know? Like, so I think there's less of that navigation of friendship and you know, those kind of social interactions are far more contrived than they probably ever were. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and since kids just aren't in most places that I see out in the neighborhood yeah. anymore, I mean, there's, there, there isn't that, that in the wild opportunity to make friends the way there used to be, except for maybe your, your little people on the playgrounds with their, yeah. their, their, their bug <laughs> skeletons. Yeah. Here's, here's some cicada shells. But, I, I, and that's it. You do see that with young children. like, And I think that's probably where you still see it with the younger ones if you're at a park or a playground or something, that they'll still do that. But your older children's like kind of you, your tweens and your early teens, I feel like are missing a whole section because they used to be often doing stuff and now they're like in a bedroom playing, you know, Fortnite or something on a computer and that's their friendship. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange world we live in. I would love to follow that little girl around. Now, I mean, not in a weird way. (laughs) Not in a weird person hiding in the bushes with the camera kind of way. (laughs) Just follow her around and observe to see if she's using that same strategy to make other friends. Like maybe maybe Kim over there is really into into flowers. And so she picks a basket of flowers to be friends with Kim. And and Kristen on the other side of the playground, she likes worms. And so this little one, she's digging up worms to bring to this kid. And she's just... She's just delivering these little friendship baskets to everybody she yeah, wants to. Just a little basket of goodies yeah. here to entice her friendship. And it's like I find it interesting because, as I say, she was you could tell that she spent most of her time with the adults in the space. She didn't actually seem to have 
friends that she was playing with and whether they just weren't there that day or that was kind of her usual is hard to know because I was there for such a short period of time but just observing her and the way she was attempting to kind of make a friend I was like that's very like emotionally intelligent and mature of her like Mm -hmm. to go well hang on I want to make friends with someone you know and Tash and when when Tash and I talked about it Tash said how often do you see like young children who you know will go up and take something off someone or give them a good shove or whatever because actually I want to play I want to be a part of what you're doing I want to join in I just don't quite know how and so that's what she said you know that emotional intelligence is well and truly there for her she's like I can see that the way to you is by something that you like and that's what I think we know that as adults and even as children get older they start to recognize that but for young children they often don't quite grasp that yeah yeah um I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of practice, right? Um, yeah. And maybe, maybe our problem is maybe we're not introverts. Maybe we're just way out of practice. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe. maybe. Or maybe we're out of practice because we're introverts. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember like elementary school, there was a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of teasing and punching involved yeah. in, in making friends. Um dude that was my best friend for probably fourth through eighth grade um had a lot of adventures together uh we became friends one day when he came up and punched me and um not not (laughs) in the shoulder (laughs) not not, and it's not not aggressively um or violently but um it was surprising and um (laughs) i i was kind of surprised and um and then we were best buds for for years, yeah. Um, because because of that, and and I think we bonded over our mm, who gives a fuck sarcastic um, kind of tendencies. And well, that um, will help if you both have those. That will help because often it's hard to bond with as someone who's very sarcastic. I know it's hard to bond with people who don't have those same tendencies. They don't yeah. tend to appreciate them as much. Yeah, yeah, it, it's something that really needs to be appreciated. Um, and then, but other than than him and the the other dude that I talked about that we hung out with, Kendra, that's that's my that's like my list of dude friends. Everybody else I was friends with forever and and now is like is like ninety eight point eight percent female, yeah. Um, and maybe it's because I've worked in early learning all early my life, learning, and that's yeah. just just where it is. But um, I, I I guess I didn't really care a lot of about a lot of the standard dude stuff. Yeah. Um, so that was I, I just I still find that awkward and and crazy. That's my son. Maybe maybe that gives me great confidence then that my son will be like you he's 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 11 and we've met him on previous episodes and Mm -hmm. he is he gravitates to the girls that's his friendship group and he's he's just much happier in that group of friends he's got a couple of like boys that you know he hangs out with one that he goes you know over to his place once a week or whatever and so they kind of hang out and they you know they do a couple of things that are kind of I don't know maybe those traditional boyish things they get out on the trampoline kick the soccer ball around or whatever but typically he's much happier hanging out in a group of girls and it's just I find that interesting to watch how he does that when we're in different places. So like at the moment um, we've got our school holiday program on our Timbernook program and my kids are down there yesterday and today and 
I watched yesterday. I thought, I wonder who he'll hang out with today because there was no one there that he knew. He's getting to the older end of things now. He's nearly 12, so he's sort of one of the oldest ones down there. And I thought it would be interesting to see who he hangs out with. There are a couple of boys that are sort of similar age to him. And I thought, I wonder whether they'll hang out. Not a chance. He ended up with a best buddy who's a girl. They've sat and chatted. They've built a cubby house. They've just hung out. And every time I looked around to see where he was, there they were having a good chat. And I'm like, it's interesting how that dynamic forms, you know, like I just, I find it interesting. And I just think it tends to be what you're interested in. You know, those boys that were down there, the other boys that were a similar age to him, were much happier, you know, doing the really big bodied stuff and the loud and the, you know, and he's not like that. So for him, it was like, cool, I'll find someone else. Whereas my six-year-old will play with almost anyone and gravitates to him straight away. And she'll just go up and go, come on, let's go and do this together. Like there's just no hesitation or, you know, it's like, come on, we're friends now. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's, oh, that's okay. how my daughter was. She would, she would like go up to the, on the, on the playground, she'd go up to somebody and say, hi, I'm Zoe, we're friends. And, yeah. and, and it's just like a given it's like we're just friends so just deal with that and let's go yeah yeah and then and my son he was he was really good at like like reading the room really good at reading people yeah. and so he kind of was much better I mean be friends with everybody anytime um yeah. which is something I was totally not good at so um, I'm, I'm glad that skipped a generation. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and your little dude, he's, he's probably, I, I I'm guessing the girls are kind of digging, hanging out with him too. Cause he's a, he's a, he's a cute kid and he's got kind of a devilish smile. So, I mean, mm, you're devilish have, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have, you're going to have problems in years to come. I think you're going to, you're going to have, have that to may be some, the case. Some, some, uh, what, what the, those sticky traps for like, uh, mice and stuff. You're going to get some big, big sheets of that stuff to have around the, uh, the house to keep the girls away from him. Perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I find it really interesting the way that children do make friends and the strategy that this girl used and, you know, and it seemed to work. Like he came over and had a chat to her about it and whatever. And they, you know, I don't know whether they went off and were friends forever kind of deal, but I just thought the strategy was really interesting, you know, that she actually had thought about it enough to go, hang on, I need to do something different to try and, you know, get this kid to be my pal. And I'm like, that's like, part of me was like, oh, that's sad that you need to do that. But then that's kind of cool that you need to do that and that you feel comfortable to do that as well. And to recognize that for yourself. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was just pretty impressed with her. So along the theme of friends have you ever had to deal with this situation where a child I mean it could be an adult too I guess um, <laughs> where somebody decides that they are going to be friends with somebody else and the somebody else doesn't want that and yeah oh friendship stuff is so tricky and look as a mom of two girls who are you know six and eight friendship is tricky Girls seem to be like from about, I reckon, four to at least nine, but it could go beyond that. I'm hoping not much further beyond that, but to be fair. But I, I noticed the friendship dynamics really, really seem to be more challenging with girls and I'm not sure why that is and I hate to kind of put a gender thing on that, but it's what I've noticed in all early childhood services I've been in. You know, there's that you're not coming to my party and you're not my best friend and this week, you know, we can only have one best friend and it's not you. And, you know, like there's that kind of strange dynamic and then you get 
the child who's like, oh, cool, I'm going to come hang out in this group. And it's like, no, you're not. You're not friends with us. And, you know, that whole thing. And it's so hard to navigate because I don't feel that children need to be friends with everybody. I don't think adults, it's not realistic. We're not friends with everybody. We're going to come across people in life that you just don't want to be friends with. And that's okay. Um, There's people that you work with that you go, cool, we work together. We're not hanging out. That's all right. Um, but I think it's about how you navigate that. And I talk to my kids about that a lot. You don't have to be friends with people, but you do need to be kind and respectful and, you know, think about how that person's feeling. If they're coming to you wanting to play, it's probably because they don't have someone to play with. And, you know, is there a way that you can involve them? Is there, you know, how do we support that person? Because you wouldn't want to feel like that as well. But it's so hard for children to grasp because they're in that egocentric kind of, you know, mind frame. It's like, hang on, it's all about me. And if I don't want to be friends, well, that's it. Bad luck for them. And yeah, I think it's a really hard one to navigate. Yeah. And, and I mean, so much of it depends on, uh, on just temperament too. I mean, some people, if you're, if you're kind of standoffish and shy, it's, it's harder for you to get out there. And, and, yeah. and, and even if you are eager to be friends with somebody when that's just the kind of the way you're wired, um, and you're waiting for somebody else to come up and befriend you, it's harder for them to do that because you're putting out signals that, Hey, I'm kind of unapproachable. And and that's just, it's just kind of, I I do find it tricky as an adult. Tash and I often joke that um, she's my icebreaker. And so she is, is. It, it started when we were like, when we first worked together, I think. And it's just evolved over time. But when we first started going to like conferences and events and stuff together, I would always wait for her to break the ice with somebody new. And, you know, especially if it was somebody that I really wanted to meet, I really wanted to get to know that person. But I'd be, oh, I'm not really comfortable doing that. I'm just more comfortable hanging over in the corner. And we'd go together and she'd start all the conversation. And once I felt like everything was kind of warmed up, I'm like, okay, now I can come in and talk. And I know that this is a safe situation. It's like, we still joke about it now. I've had to adapt and become better at it because we don't tend to go to a lot of things together anymore. We do so much stuff separately because we just can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I still like have, I, and I still will fall back on that if we're at an event together, you know, not that we've had events in forever, but if we're at, a, at an event together, I will fall back on that because I know that, you know, she's far more social. She's, you know, she will be friends with anyone and, you know, within, I don't know if I've told the story before, but she, we had a family who had a child at our service. They, long story, very short, if I can, they brought in an au pair from Canada to live with their family and whatever. So they, the au pair had been coming like to the service for a matter of maybe two weeks or something and things didn't work out with the family. The au pair then's like, oh my gosh, I have nowhere to live. Before you know it, Tasha's offered her to live at her house and this Canadian au pair that she'd only known for a couple of weeks has moved in and they're friends and they're still friends now. And she's just got that knack of like making a friend, you know, clicking with someone and yeah, we're going to be friends. We're going to hang out. For me, it's like, no, cool. I understand you've got a problem. I'll try and help you, but no, like you're not coming in my inner circle just yeah. yet. I'm not prepared. So yeah, I think it is a lot to do with temperament and your personality and all of those sorts of things, but I just find that interesting watching in children. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm mildly jealous of people that are just naturally 
that yeah. outgoing because I can, I can put on the, I can put on an act of the act of outgoing for a short amount of time. If I, you know, maybe one afternoon, one morning, and then yeah. I need to recuperate for two or three days. Yeah. It takes me uh, days to recover. It's like, oh my gosh, I've peopled enough. I've talked to people. I've like put myself out there. Now I need to go and read a book and hide. Yeah. 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 Gosh, she seems, I mean, that seems to be the way she's wired and she's just that way 24 seven. I've, yeah. I've, I've sat in restaurants with her where, where she <laughs> knows the, the whole life staff. story of the wait staff by the time yep. uh, the drinks show up and, yeah. and, uh, and, 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 you know, that's, that's, I, I just, I don't have the energy to my, my, no. my, my metabolism isn't fast enough to support my body for the energy <laughs> that that would take. So, yeah, no, um, I hate you. And so, and so I guess we need to need to just kind of gladly embrace that there are so many different flavors of people out there because, you know, as a society, we, we seem to be able to function. I mean, we've managed to manage to uh, keep, right. keep society going. Okay. And, and we're, we're procreating. And so we're, we're figuring things out. So <laughs> we're making seems, it work. Oh, yeah. It seems to be making it work. So, so that's good. Um, listeners, if you've got any interesting ways of, of, of uh, any meet cutes for friends, that's what I like to hear about. <laughs> friendship meet cutes. <laughs> yeah, friendships, friendship meet cutes. I want to hear about those if anybody's got any. Um, I think it's it's something, you know, not everybody, and, you know, this is a Heather Shoemaker thing, but we're not all friends here. Um, yeah. Even if the teacher says, but but building friendships and building those relationships are things that are important. Um and I mean, back in our family childcare days, I saw this, that, that little ones that were together from infancy, and then they grow up in our program, you know, they really turned into friends, partly due to proximity, but, yeah. part, but a lot of it was, was the fact that, you know, that, that ends up being a thing. I mean, that does yeah. matter. Yeah, it does because you've got shared experience and sure. you know all that sort of shared stuff. And I think that is why often when you're in a workplace, I know you know working in early childhood services, you tend to become quite good friends with a lot of the people you work with. If not all, you'll you know there'll always be some that you don't, might not. But there's always at least one person. That's how Tash and I became friends. You know, was working together and we clicked straight away. But I think it's that shared experience of we're all going through these same sorts of things. We might still be really different people, but we're having these shared experiences. So, you know, I think that is why for children, they can develop those really strong friendships when they're spending a lot of time together in care or in school or whatever, because they've got that shared time. And, you know, we're all just been through the same thing. We all saw it when, you know, the teacher fell over and we all had a bit of a laugh or whatever. Like we've had that together. And so we can go back on that. And I think that's where some of those long-term friendships can be really effective too because you've had that history together yeah yeah sure um have you, this just popped into my head have you and tosh ever mean girled somebody the two of you are no. like no 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 we uh we've had people try to divide and conquer us oh. that's been yeah no we've had quite a few people actually who've tried to kind of pick a side and see if they could split us down the middle and uh-huh. look we're completely different people and you know we don't spend a lot of time together outside of our working life together mm-hmm. um, because we've both got families and we've got other things that we like to do and whatever but like yeah we we've not had the mean girl experience we've not been mean girls but we've definitely had people try and weasel their way in between and not that we're not welcoming if people coming in but it's like you can't divide 
just yeah. doesn't work that way. We don't divide. <laughs> <laughs> it's been yeah. like 18 years. We don't divide. Uh, I could just imagine the two of you deciding somebody somebody didn't belong and you're going to mean girl them. And, no, and never. Then, you can't say that. We would never. No, never. Too nice. Somebody gets hit by a bus. Um, <laughs> a great movie. That was actually on here the other night. <laughs> hey, listeners. Hunt. Thanks for tuning in. Um, speaking of friends, why don't you share the podcast with a, with a friend or enemy or stranger? doesn't matter. Just share be a mean show. girl. <laughs> appreciate it. Don't be a mean girl out there or a mean dude or mean period. Um, you don't have to be friends with everybody, but we hope you're friends with somebody. Thanks for listening. Back soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And uh, look up Neville Sharp on uh, on the YouTube. You can actually hear his uh, record-breaking belch if you want You to. know I'm it's, looking it up like as soon as we're done. It's delightful. Um, <laughs>